And it's interesting because from one of those covers, I got a little thought that I share with you at this time. And I think it's time, I'm not too sure, it might be Newsweek. And it's uh, a picture of the risen Christ, white robe, hands extended. And it says, rethinking the resurrection. I like that. A little presumptuous, but nevertheless, investigative. Rethinking the resurrection. And so I ask you this question. What is there to rethink? I want to know. What is there to rethink? Well, first of all, it wasn't our idea. It was God's idea. And I mean that. And whenever God has a good idea, and whenever God has a plan, he always has a little trouble with those that surround him. The first problem he had was with Lucifer. If you don't know his fancy name, I'll tell you his regular name, Satan. And as far as some people are concerned, oh, that's part of Hebrew mythology, and the Christians pick it up so it's part of our mythology. No, we don't have mythology, okay? And believe it or not, there is no Hebrew mythology except in the minds of the reformers. Why? Because they've got to explain everything to who surrounds them. I got news for you folks. We don't have to explain God. We really don't. We don't have to explain the sun that shines and the moon that comes out at night, the stars that twinkle, the dew that comes up from the ground and the rain that comes from the heavens. Okay? And isn't it interesting? Whatever God's given us never fails. Lucifer had a problem with God. And his, his problem was pride. I want to be as big, as good, and as bright as God. Okay. Adam and Eve had a problem with God. Lucifer helped them. You know why you can't eat of that tree? Can you imagine they had a whole garden? They had a whole garden. And there's just one. And that's obedience because God deals with man on only one basis, and that basis is choice. God won't hit you on the head and convert you. God won't roll you over and save you. God will not beat you down and redeem you. Mm -mm. With God, it's a matter of coming unto him. There is no other way. But redemption was God's plan from the very beginning. Genesis 3.15. The seed that caused the fall... The power of Satan. I have the antidote. The seed of the woman shall come. And be victorious over the seed of the enemy. Yes. The enemy would hurt that part of the leg. But the victor would crush his head. And that was Jesus.
We always think we've got a better idea than God. We always do. Believe it or not, we don't. We're always second-guessing God. And you say, well, why? Why, why? why don't we get it straight? What's wrong with us? Are we that retarded? No, there's just one little element involved, and we don't know that element too well. And we don't understand that element too well. We've been second-guessing God for so long, and we don't have to. Why? Because he doeth all things well. David said that to us, and I love that. He doeth all things well. You say, well, there's a lot of cockeyed things in this world. There are a lot of worldly, horrible things going on. You say, he doeth all things well, and you stand back, and you think you can prove that? Yeah, it's been proven. Where you see the wrong, where you see the horror show, where you see the ugly, where you see the, mm, the abuse, and everything, oh, everything else that goes on, it's not God. It's us. We are responsible. Man is responsible. Now, this is where we have an argument with God. Well, if God is God, then why doesn't he come on the scene? Why did the baby die? Why was a mother slaughtered? Why the wars? Why burial grounds? Why killing fields? Oh, lady, explain that. Oh, I can't. But I can tell you something. It's a product of what? we produce, what our minds and what our thoughts produce, what our hearts far away from God produces. This is the venom that comes up with, from the heart of a man or a woman that refuses to let God in and take care of what has to be taken care of. You see, he says, come unto me. And we say, I'll go my way. Isn't that interesting? Jesus has always said that. God has always said that. In Isaiah, what does he say? He simply says, stand. Stand on the highways. Stand on the byways. And ask for the old ways. My ways. God's always willing. I told you there's an element with God that's so important. And until we are still enough to hear his voice, we're not going to hear anything. Be still and know that I am God. Oh, folks, there's a time of stillness when nothing is heard but the beating of your heart and the grumbling of your mind. And it's in that kind of stillness that God will move in and he will tell you. We have managed with our Christmas, with our Easter, we have managed to come up with tremendous pageantry. You had some of it today. The music, the singing. That's pageantry. But I'm going to tell you something. Pageantry without God has no substance. It's what you call a show. And everybody's ready for a show. But we need more than pageantry. We need substance. And you know, folks, we got to be careful. Because our churches are turning into better than Broadway. Yeah, across the nation. It's, it's like, can you top this?
We're, we're trying to compete with Hollywood and the Blues Brothers. You know something? We don't have to. We really don't have to. We've got a story to tell. But it's not just a story. Stories are stories, little Bo Peep. Stories are stories. You know, Humpty Dumpty. Stories are stories. But our story is truth. And it's beautiful. God hasn't called us, nor has he given us permission. We do it anyway. He hasn't called us to investigate him. We're called to believe him. But we love to investigate. Don't we love to investigate? We think God is something that you got to, you know, hey, you got to turn in your term paper on God. You've got to turn in so that you can get your credits in life. You really don't have to. Listen to me carefully. You don't have to investigate. You just have to believe. And you know what believing is? A small, small seed. That's what believing is. I'm having problems with the children. Thank you. I will make my excuse and tell you I'm basically an inspirational speaker. I just speak from the heart and maybe a few notes, but every now and then they shut me down. Thank you so much. The origin of our, of who we are and what we are has to do with faith. That's it. And Jesus taught us, Jesus taught us what faith was. It's, and as far as size is concerned, as far as size is concerned, it can be as small as a mustard seed. It can be as small as a mustard seed. I got to tell you a little story, and you'll appreciate it. 1951, I graduated from the Central Bible Seminary, okay, of my denomination. It's the top-notch one. Graduated in 1951, and when I graduated, the present my parents gave me was a brand new, new to me, a year old, but new to me, Plymouth Coupe. Oh, I really made it. I had a diploma from CBIS. That's what it was called then. Today is CBC. And I had a Plymouth Coupe. Who could ask for anything more? Oh, I got in my car, and the seminarian was driving home. When I took my daddy, he met me in, in Philadelphia, and I took him through the Lincoln Tunnel. And you know, Lincoln Tunnel's tiny. No, no, Holland Tunnel. Holland Tunnel's tiny. Kind of scares you. When I took my father through the Holland Tunnel over to the other side, when we came out, he said to me, Mi hai my daughter's a driver. We then started to share ministerial duties. I was his associate. One Sunday he preached, one Sunday I preached. They loved when my father preached because he never preached more than 15 minutes. So they loved that. Now when I preached, they'd kind of look and say, oh, 
Well, I graduated from seminary. I learned a lot after I had a lot to give. Boom, 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 boom. Can you touch my spirit, please? Now, I remember one day, it was Daddy's time to preach. And I sat back there. Now, Daddy never preached more than 15 minutes, so I knew I'd take up the end, and we'd make some kind of an altar call, and it would be over, but Daddy was quick. And this day, he decided to do something special. It was a church maybe the size of this middle group. Had the ushers come forward, and he gave them envelopes. And I saw the envelopes, and I says, I wonder what Daddy's doing. And then he told the, he told the ushers, pass the envelope, and everybody take what's in the envelope. Just take one. Just one. And they passed the envelopes. And I noticed that the people would reach in, whatever they had to take. And then all of a sudden, they were bending over, looking on the floor. And then they'd have to call back for the envelope and reach in for something else. And I thought to myself, what on earth is going on? It took 16 minutes for people to just get whatever was in that envelope. The seminarian was sitting back here. And I've come to the conclusion, Daddy, you are a country bumpkin. You can take the man out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the man. What's going on? And he smiles around and he says, I'm giving them seeds. I said, you're what? He says, I'm giving them seeds. That's my sermon. I said, Daddy, you've already taken almost 20 minutes, and not everybody has their, their what? Their seed? Oh. And I thought to myself, oh, Thank God I'm here. I will be able to save these people. Because dad will never do it. Oh, you talk about a big head. You talk about. But that's okay. We all go through our stages. Then daddy had a piece of paper. Just a piece of paper. And he had eight verses on the paper. And he started to read the verses, if your faith was like a mustard seed, you would tell this tree, move it into the sea, and it would be moved. And then he'd say to the people, now look at your seed. And everybody, so obedient, they looked at their seed. Went on to talk about faith, the element that connects us to God. And then he'd say to the people, look at the seed. And everybody would look at the seed. And I'm sitting back there, and I'm saying, oh my but you know, when daddy got through with his eight verses, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. There were people staring at their mustard seed and realizing if this is all it takes and God has given it to me through the word, I have faith. And it was overwhelming. And the seminarian sitting back there started to cry and I couldn't stop because it's not by might nor by power nor by anything you can study or prepare yourself to do it's by his spirit and the truth of the word of God 
And even when it's a humble sugar mill, mill worker or a man that was a metal polisher, he got through. My daddy's church produced 28 ministers for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, the origin of whatever you're going to receive from God comes by faith. And it's simple. It's very simple. And you say, well, well why don't we have more? Because we are, we have a prodigal son that lives in us. What, sister? I got a prodigal son? Yeah. Your mind is your prodigal son. Every time you reject something from God, you reject from up here. Yeah. Your mind becomes a prodigal son that says, Hey, daddy's house, ah. Daddy's money, ah. Daddy's comfort, ah. I'm going out to see the world. I'm going out to taste everything there is. I'm going out to revel like I've never reveled. It's your mind that tells you you don't need God. And if you get God, it's like putting on a tight girdle so you don't really need him. Don't bind yourself. Don't hold yourself down. Come on, live it up. We're free agents. We're free creatures. Yeah, but free agents and free creatures go out there and kill and murder. Free agents and free creatures go out there and do horrible things. And it goes for those also that have bible toting situations but you know something if you carry a bible and you hate your neighbor that bible's going to burn you you can't do it you got to live the life you've got to reach out and touch somebody you've got to let the world know what you have our sinful mind is our prodigal son. And isn't it amazing? Whatever bad you do, do you notice how the mind applauds it? It's okay. It had to be that way. Well, hey, what's wrong? And I love this phrase, everybody's doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's what we say. But let me tell you something. It's when we arrive like the prodigal arrives at the pigsty. And let me tell you something, there are a lot of people in the pigsty wearing diamonds and in fur coats. There's a lot of pigsty that's very well connected to Wall Street and very well connected to all the great things of life. But you know, if you're sitting on the pinnacle of life, dressed to the hilt, you lack nothing and you have everything. And you don't have God. You're a prodigal son. And you're just waddling in the pigsty. Why? Because life is never complete. Until we look at ourselves and say like the prodigal said, In my father's house. In my father's house. They eat better, they sleep better, they live better. I'm heading home. I'm heading home. Isn't that beautiful? So take your mind and say, hey, cabecita linda. 
beautiful mind, I'm heading home. Because that's where we have to head. Now I want to ask you something. They're rethinking the resurrection. I would like to ask you, have we come up with anything redemptive yet? Have we? Have we? I'm sorry to say that we haven't. I went to the movies about four months ago. Oh no, maybe a year ago. And I went to see a star that I kind of liked him because when I was a little bit younger, he danced beautifully. And I loved to watch him dance. He wiggled and he waggled and he did it all. So he's coming to a comeback. I don't know what the picture's about. I haven't read the records. I haven't read anything. I didn't hear it on television. So I go in. In less than 16 minutes, one curse word, the favorite one, was used 73 times. You say, how'd you count it? I got fingers. That's how I counted. Yeah. In less than 16 minutes, seven people were dead. Ba, ba, ba. They didn't even look to kill. And I finally got to see him dance. And the girl he danced with overdosed. Then they took her out and they put a needle this big in her heart and she what? She came back. I looked at the picture. I looked at my, my favorite star. And I said, honey, bye-bye, birdie. Te veo. There was nothing redemptive there. Nothing. Hey folks, what we feed ourselves sometimes is sheer poison. What we feed ourselves is the garbage of the highest quality. I walked out and somebody said to me, did you see so-and-so in that picture? I said, no. Did you see so-and-so? No, no. Hey, wait a minute, you didn't see the picture. I said, no, after 14 minutes, 16 to be exact, took me to get out. I said, it was over. I'll tell you why it was over. I go to be entertained, and believe it or not, sometimes I go to be blessed. You think I'm kidding? I know it's not true, but I saw something like Forrest Gump, and that man turned me around, and there are a few dirty words in that, but I couldn't care less. I kind of saw, once again, the miracle of life. I believe that every good gift cometh from the Father above. I believe that every talent comes from the Father above. I believe it's his miracles in genes and chromosomes and what flows through our veins and our body. I believe it because I know who the creator is. Yes, I believe it. It's interesting. We haven't produced a redeeming force or person we haven't even produced a redeeming ideology. No, there isn't one. Oh, everybody thinks they have one, and they invite you to listen to it. No, 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 no. There's not a hope out there anywhere. Yet man, our friends, our co-workers, the world out there dares to reject the Creator. And I know why they dare to reject Him. Because it's the only person that demands a decision. Isn't that interesting? You have to come to God. You have to choose to want to know him. It's by choice. 
because you're not a puppet, you're not a marionette. You are not a doll. You're not that. You're not that. No, you're not. So you've got to choose. Hallelujah. He made the heavens and the earth. And even with that, there's a big problem, right? We say, oh, I love us. I think we're so cute. I really do. I think we're cute. We say, ha, 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 ha. It was a burst of energy. Mira que cosa. Burst of energy. A collision of forces. Bendito. Yes, that's what we say. A primal beginning with an evolution of species. Oh, boom, 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 boom. A little tail that later disappears. A little strange animal. They're still around. But somehow or other we jumped out of the whole scene. Yeah, that's us. Listen to this. Listen to this. Our sick and sinful and depraved mind. We kind of want to be creator. But it'll never happen. It'll never happen. You can't save yourself. You can't. There's nothing you can do by yourself. Lest you connect. Lest you reach and touch. Lest you make a connection. And that's, this is God's plan. It's so simple. He sent his son. And his son came through the plan God had with Israel from the very beginning. Twelve tribes. A time in Egypt. A departure in a promised land. A king that's arrogant and loses it, Saul. A king that's after God's own heart, David. And a throne established because Jesus would come to fill the throne of David. And he did. Check out the genealogies. Check out the list. If anything our Hebrew brothers were matchless in doing was keeping impeccable records. And those impeccable records point to Jesus. And I praise God for that. He sent his son. And listen, we could relate. Yes, we could. We could relate. Why? Because he came like us. He looked like us. And guess what? He talked like us. He was so us that people was hard for them to see that he was God. But you know what he was? He was that magnificent bridge that God said he would build. And I love it. A bridge from earth to heaven. A bridge that only he could build. Now do you understand the verse in John 14? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, the almighty, the creator, the giver of ten commandments, he that watches Israel, he that neither sleeps nor slumbers. You believe in God. And then Jesus says, there's the bridge, believe also in me. And then he gives the end of the bridge. In my father, no, no. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he goes on, he says, and in my father's house, there are many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Isn't that marvelous? That's the picture, and that's how clear it is. He was the bridge. He linked it to earth. 
And God's voice is still heard through the sun. Come unto me, ye who are weary and heavy laden. Come unto me, you who have no hope. Come unto me, you that don't know what you're going to do with your life. Come unto me. And I like the final connection. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus said, it's finished. What's finished? Your redemption and mine. What's finished? The bridge is built. That's what's finished. What else is finished? God's connection. What else is finished? He came to finish that which pertained to human redemption and salvation. And hey, he's built it. And we're the living examples of what he did. I'm going to ask something very strange right now. You from Crossroads, you that love the Lord and you're here, you that belong to us, but there was a time before you ever knew us, you were lost in drugs, you were out there in the street, you had no hope, you had nothing, yet God found you. Maybe you came nine years ago through New Beginnings, our program of outreach, but you're here today. If you're one of those that God has worked a miracle on, I want to announce that you're the confirmation of the resurrection. If you got strength, and just the ones I call, I mean the ones that know who they are, would you step out, and if you're on that side, step along that wall. Would you do that? If you're on that side, step... You're up front. Come here. God has taken you out of drugs. God has taken you out of a life that is absolutely ridiculous. God has cleansed your heart and God has cleansed your soul. God has made you a new person. Just step out against the wall. Step out. Go ahead. Keep stepping out. You were lost and undone. You were finished. No one cared for you, not even your family. Step out. Get against those walls, please. Come up front. Don't be ashamed. Witness to his glory. Let them see how you shine at this given time. Come on. Come on. You see, this is a real resurrection story. There they are. Step out. That's right. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. And that's the way I'm finishing. It's over. The kids are saying hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for getting up. Thank you for that living testimony. Thank you for the miracle that God has worked in your lives. And now, Joseph Henry, we celebrate. Hey, folks, that 
is, don't move, I mean, get to your seat, but don't move. That is the celebration I have today. You say, Sister Amy, when you call up a group to those walls again, the next time you call, I'm going to be among the group. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. All right. All right. That's accepting the challenge. That's saying that what God did for them, he's going to do for you. Would you shout it back? Yes, he will. Say it again. All right. I'm holding.